Well, hello. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 126 in our Story of Scripture series, and today we get to cover the Gospels. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So we are picking up in the Gospels, and we have entitled this section, God Dwells with His People, and I'm going to read our little paragraph about this. After 400 long years of silence and waiting, the Messiah arrives, born of a virgin in the most humble way. Everything the Old Testament was building towards is finally here. As a tiny baby, God enters into his creation to dwell with his people again. He comes to seek and save the lost, to redeem his people. He does this by living a perfect life, dying in our place, paying the debt of our sins so that we can be reconciled back to our holy and righteous creator. This is the pinnacle of the story because remember, this is God's redemptive story and this is how God redeems us. I feel like our when we when we made this, like especially the King's one, the paragraph is like twice as long. Yeah. So I like felt bad that this one was shorter. I was I like, are, are we? Is this like blasphemous to not have Jesus's <laughs> paragraph like the longest? Yeah. But actually, I feel like that summarizes it, and and we'll be able to break it down throughout this episode. Yeah. But it's just like this is the pinnacle of the story oh, yeah. because this yeah. is how God has chosen to redeem us. Mm-hmm. And um, two weeks ago, when we were talking about the kings and and how all the different covenants and we we mentioned that the Abrahamic covenant could have been just the only one and but and then Jesus could have fulfilled that but instead God continually you know Noah well Noah was before but you know what I'm saying yeah Moses and David like those covenants God's like just so kind to to bring those covenants to remind them like hey I I am fulfilling this Mm -hmm. and then we see that through the life of Jesus and we'll talk about the new covenant that Jesus brings like that's God's fulfillment of those promises mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's we call it the already not yet the already but the not yet because he has done it he's already done it and but we're in that like but not yet. We're it's not waiting really for something fully else. brought to yeah. consummation in, mm-hmm. until he comes again. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of cool because at the end of this is kind of like, this is where we're kind of in this part right. of the story. Yes. Yeah. Right. If we talk about creation, fall, redemption, restoration, mm-hmm. we're living in between the redemption and the restoration. restoration. And so, um, it's just, I feel like we have spent a lot of time in the old Testament and we're excited to kind of mm-hmm. to jump into Jesus now yeah. because like we talked about so long ago, like we don't understand Buzz and Woody if we don't see Toy Story 1. Right, so right. We, we can't fully understand the weight of mm-hmm. the, this part of scripture until we understand the old Testament. Mm-hmm. And now we have that footing and that foundation. So all of this is just going to be made even more beautiful. Like think of it as like you have a beautiful diamond ring when you get married, but like they, and you're like picking out your diamond or whatever. And you're like, Oh, that's a pretty diamond. And then they put it against that like black cloth and you're like, wow, look at all the different facets and the way the light hits. And it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So now you may be familiar with a lot of Jesus and who he is and what he's done, but it's going to shine even brighter because we see 
all that he's fulfilling. In light of the rest of scripture. Yes. And I felt the exact same way as you were writing the paragraphs. I was working on the timeline. And, you know, if you look at the timeline mm-hmm. for Kings and Prophets, mm-hmm. it's just like so, so jumbled yeah. and so much. And then if you look ahead to next week at the at the letters mm-hmm. and the early church, it's a lot too because of all Paul's travels. And then like this week with the Gospels, it's like, well, Jesus was born. Jesus. <laughs> you know, but His it's baptism. like, yeah. he really mm-hmm. is the star of the show, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, um, and yeah. so to get to focus on him. Yes, we're definitely excited about that. So what happened right before this? Like we ended mm-hmm. last week with the prophets mm-hmm. um, and then we have 400 years and a lot of people call it 400 years of silence. Mm-hmm. But I saw um, somewhere someone said that 400 years of prophetic silence. And I like that mm-hmm. a little bit better because God was still working, Mm, right? mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes when we say God was silent, like that feels like he's not there. But he was was there and he was still working things together to prepare the way for his son. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happened during this time in history? The culture changed. During this time, it was um, Hellenized or that um, the spread of Greek culture happened. Then eventually Rome took over. Mm -hmm. um, And that's that's where we pick up with this story of baby Jesus. Herod was king. Um, but it actually doesn't begin with baby Jesus. It begins with um, John the Baptist, right? Like I read Sproul was saying, you know, he asked his, he's so funny. Um, he asked his students, who was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament? And they'll say Jeremiah, Isaiah, mm-hmm. all these people. And he always says John the Baptist. And they're like, uh, he's in the New Testament. He's like, but he's pre-Jesus. <laughs> so it's part of the old covenant. Oh. So that's, he says that about John the Baptist and that's he says funny. John the Baptist didn't get enough credit. But anyway, John the Baptist is like Harper's favorite character, like not character, but person in yeah, the Bible. She yeah. just, maybe it's the Jesus storybook Bible and the <laughs> way they show him with honey the and locusts eating the, yeah. And, but she yeah. just thinks he's great, yeah. which he's honestly, awesome. I agree. Like if we're going to try to emulate anyone in scripture, mm-hmm. I mean, Paul would be a good one, but also I feel like John the Baptist. Is that's like, exactly what Sproul was saying. Yeah, yeah. His whole point mm-hmm. is to point to Jesus and like, that's what we should do. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We're getting ahead okay. of ourselves. Okay. okay. Here we go. So let's do a little summary of the gospels. Let's okay. zoom in a little more than what we did with our paragraph. Okay. So um, thinking of the gospels, they're, they're called the gospels, first of all, because they proclaim the good news, right? The good gospels is another way of saying the good news, which is that the fulfillment of everything they've been waiting for is here and is coming. And we're going to learn about it through the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, which is our redemption. Um, The Bible project says that the gospels are theological biographies of Jesus of Nazareth, not merely historical records, but exist because the author believes that every reader is going to be forced to make a decision about who Jesus Mm -hmm. is. Do Do you believe that the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah of Israel and the true Lord of the world? That's a good question. Yeah. Yes, would be the answer for you and for me, um, and hopefully well, for you yes, listening. But that's a good question to ask yourself. Do you truly believe yes, this? Yes, And I mean, John even says at the end of his gospel, I, I've written this so that they may believe. Mm-hmm, and so kind right. of the purpose of this section of scripture is to say, hey, everything you know and everything that has been prophesied and everything that has been, um, you know, God has promised is now coming to fruition and fulfillment in the life and death and resurrection mm-hmm. and ascension of Jesus. Right. Right. So Mary and Joseph, they traveled from Nazareth, which was 80 miles, uh, 
north of Bethlehem. So they traveled south about Mm -hmm. 80-ish miles to Bethlehem for the census. And that's where baby Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because this was prophesied Mm -hmm. in Micah. And then they fled once Jesus was born. um, They fled to Egypt to escape escape Herod. Um, But then after Herod died, they returned to Nazareth. So that Mm -hmm. gives you some places when Mm -hmm. we're talking about places. But I just, I love that, um, you know, we said that places were important to God, obviously, because he has them listed. He mm-hmm. talks about it. But we see here that it's important to note the place because it was mm-hmm. prophesied mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It was a fulfilling. Um, another prophecy we see Jesus fulfill is that he's born of a virgin. Um, his incarnation mm-hmm. is a fulfillment of right. prophecy. Um, we're told very surprisingly little about his upbringing. And it drives me crazy because I'm like, did he play soccer? Did he brush his teeth every day? Of course he did. He was God. Um, just like, I just want to know yeah. Um, yeah. these things, but we're told surprisingly little. Mm-hmm. We, we do hear, um, you know, like when they moved and things right. like that. And we hear the story where he goes to the temple and he mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm, of course mm-hmm. I'm in my father's house. Yeah. Um, I love but, that story. But that's, that's really most of all that we hear when, when he's a kid. And honestly, I've come, God has like, it just made me realize like that, just because it's not in the Bible doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Like he lived right. a very normal mm-hmm. life. And that, mm-hmm. like we've mentioned before, like should spur us on to see our, what we think as mundane or normal everyday lives um, as kingdom work. Because Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life doing like what we do, you know? I think that's why I like the story of him getting left at the temple mm. because I'm like, oh, Mary and Joseph, like they forgot about their kid. <laughs> like they forgot about the savior of the world and left him at church because I mean, you know, when you have multiple kids, it's easy to to forget things sometimes. <laughs> but so it is, it's a very good reminder mm-hmm. that like this was life, like yeah. life was happening and mm-hmm. he did, he lived a normal life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we see that, as, as he's starting, begins his ministry, um, in Galilee, he's starting to proclaim that God's kingdom has come and his following grows, but then also the hostility against him Mm -hmm. grows. So both of these things are kind of growing in tension. Um, and he goes to Jerusalem and that's where he ends up being arrested and brought to trial and crucified. Um, and he's raised from the dead showing that he has power over sin and death and he is bringing the kingdom of God. And that is a very fast summary that very we're going to talk summary. more about. <laughs> so these gospels, um, they were written by four di- different authors, mm-hmm. right? Matthew, mm-hmm. Mark, and Luke are called, sy- called synoptic because they kind of tell the same the same things. Mm-hmm. John is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important to keep in mind when you're reading the gospels is that there's a different voice for yes. each one. Yes, like good. Luke, for instance, he's a doctor, so he's mm-hmm. going to pay more attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Matthew. Um, if you go back and listen to our whole series on Matthew, Matthew talks a lot about like kingdom theology mm-hmm. and, um, his audience was a more of a Jewish audience. So keeping those things in mind, right, right, because that's what they would have known and that's what they would have seen as important. So keeping those things in mind as you're reading through the gospels is, is um, important. So we're going to talk about people, right? Is one of our P's. So, are we talking about the authors as the people or what are we talking about for the people for the gospels? So there's a lot of people in the gospels Mm -hmm. and you're probably familiar with a lot of them. We have Mary and Joseph. We have, like I mentioned, John the Baptist and Sproul would not be happy that we're not spending enough time on him. (laughs) Um, We have the disciples. We have Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you can see on your timeline, like we mentioned, Jesus, God incarnate, the word made flesh. Like that's Mm -hmm. who we want to focus on when we're looking at this section of scripture in light of the whole 
whole story of redemption. Yeah, good. Okay, let's go with that then. So who is Jesus? Hmm. Who is he? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of that guy. Um, I think like a good place. There's so many places you could take that question, yeah. right? Yeah, it's such that's a what vague I was thinking. Question. Yeah. But I think a good place to, to kind of stop is to think like, who do I think right, Jesus exactly. is? Yep. Right? Like pause for a minute and think, do you, first of all, do you think of him as a historical figure? Mm-hmm. Do you first of all think of him as a teacher? Do you think of him as God incarnate do you think like what's kind of your initial reaction and the reason I kind of pause and have you think about that is because we often have a lot of baggage when we think about this we might think like I only think of Jesus as like my buddy like my tuxedo t-shirt like you know tuxedo t-shirt is not the right example but the t-shirt you know homeboy that's yeah Jesus my homeboy like which I had that shirt so no judgment (laughs) I had that shirt in high school okay um that's embarrassing so you you had it like three years ago stop (laughs) did I Okay. Anyway, sidetracked. But um, we tend to either, um, if we're going to put it into two categories, we tend to either see him as human or as God, and we lean more heavily into one of those. Mm -hmm. So we're going to spend a little time kind of trying to balance those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when we think of who God is, we need to see him as fully God and fully man and recognizing, oh, I lean more into just that he's God and he's kind of distant and I don't feel like I can come to him or, or vice versa. And you think I think of him as my homeboy Mm -hmm. and I probably don't have enough holy reverence for him. Um, and so we're going to talk about why both of those things matter and how we have to hold those two things together into, to really understand, um, what the gospels are doing, who Jesus is and how it fits in, in the whole story of scripture. I think one of the ways that we can do this is by seeing what Jesus said about himself in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. So Jesus said that about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is showing us that um, he is, he's gentle and lowly, mm-hmm. um, but he's also he's also divine. Like Mm -hmm. we, that's the whole reason we can put our burdens on him is Mm -hmm. because he can shoulder them because he is omnipotent. He is all powerful. Um, so he's both of these things. That's good. So here's a big fancy word for that. It's called hypostatic union. It's just, all it is, is that idea that he is fully God, hundred percent God and hundred percent man. I was, um, I like Casey, and everybody always makes fun of me because I teach my kids these ridiculous phrases like hypostatic union. And so I was talking to my kids about this and one of them was like, so is he like half and half or like, is he like God on the inside, but like his skin is human. And I was like, wow, that's a very, that's very clever. But, um, David Mathis, he does, he has a good definition of this. And he says, um, Jesus has two complete natures, one fully human and one fully divine. What the doctrine of hypostatic union teaches is that these two natures are united in one person in the God man. Jesus is not two persons. He is one person. And the hypostatic union is the joining of the divine and the human in the one person of Jesus. And I like that, that word complete, because it's not one at the cost of another, right? right? He's not like, now I'm going to be in my Jesus, my God self and heal Mm -hmm. you. And then I'm gonna go back to my human self and have Mm -hmm. compassion for you. He's not. He's both completely yeah. both at the same time. And Sproul, you know, one of our favorites, um, says... Can I say, Sproul's my homeboy? Sproul is my homeboy. <laughs> That's not heresy. That's not heresy. <laughs> I feel like we would be really good friends. I know. Um, he says, the two natures of Christ are so united as to be without mixture, 
confusion, separation, or division, each nature retaining its own attributes, which is really hard to grasp sometimes. It, it is. But um, it's true. So yep. it is what it is. One of those things that you just have to believe. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about the deity or divinity of Christ. And then we see the humanity mm-hmm. of Christ. And there's some good places in scripture where we see these things. If you want to look into these more, um, we see div- divinity or deity of Christ in Colossians one, where it talks about, um, all things were created by him and for him and through him. Um, we see this in Hebrews. Um, we see, we, we see this all over John one. There's some good places where you see both of them yeah. too. Yeah. Like John 11 with mm-hmm. the story of Lazarus, which yep. we walked through, um, for mm-hmm. Proclaim Truth this year. And we have that recording, which we'll post eventually. I just thought yes. about that. We'll yes. post that probably this summer. And so you can hear um, kind of our teaching on that and seeing both and kind mm-hmm. of holding those holding those two together in tension. Yeah. Another place we see that, and this is one of my favorites, is in Mark 8, when it talks about um, mm-hmm. the feeding. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we see that we see his divinity and his ability to do this miracle to feed. But then we also see it starts with saying um, in verse two of chapter eight of Mark, it says, I have compassion on the crowd. And so this idea of having feeling and compassion, and we see this, we see this lots of places in scripture. We see that Jesus wept, that he grew physically. We see Mm -hmm. all these different um, descriptions that are speaking to his humanity. He had feelings, right? Like he felt compassion. He felt tired. It tells us in scripture, Mm -hmm. he felt hungry. Hungry, it mm-hmm. tells us in scripture. And so why does it matter that he's both of these things? You might you might be saying, why are they spending so much time talking about this? Well, in order to understand the whole story of scripture, we say, you know, we say Jesus, God, not Jesus, God the Father is saying that I will redeem you. I will redeem you. I will fulfill my promise to you. Mm-hmm. I will bring you back into relationship to me. And in order for that to happen, Jesus has to be both fully God and fully man, because if he were not fully human, he would not be a sacrifice for us Mm -hmm. because he has to be like us to be our substitute. But if he was not fully God, he would not have been able to live a sinless life because he would have had a sin nature if he was only man. So the reason this matters so much is because we have to remember that he is both in order for him to be the one, right? David was a good king. Could he have been the Messiah? He wasn't divine. No, because he wasn't divine. Mm-hmm. Saint Solomon was a good king. He was wise, but he wasn't the Messiah because he was not divine. Right. And right. so we have to we have to grasp both of these things in order for the rest of the story to make sense mm-hmm. because he can only redeem us if he is both of those things. And now we get to live in a place where all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ because he was both mm-hmm. of those things. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And this part, it's like, where do you start with this? You Mm -hmm. know, because he did so many things. Mm He um, was baptized. He... uh, went through temptation, you mm-hmm. know, um, he had his whole ministry. He mm-hmm. did, he pre- performed a lot of miracles, mm-hmm. um, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, you know, there's so many different things Jesus did, but I love the way that you've broken this down in, in our teaching. Yeah. So I think we can kind of summarize those things into 
two, but I'm going to add a little bonus, but like three areas. So we can think of it um, as what Jesus did is he, there was a kingdom and there was the cross and there's a covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't come up with these verbs like kingdom and cross. This is, um, I got these two categories from, um, there's a book called Cross Shaped Kingdom by Jeremy Treat. And he says that um, Jesus reigns with self-giving love. So he reigns as king. And so that's where we get kingdom. And then um, with self-giving love is the cross. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. Jesus is, if you think about what did he do, he brought the kingdom through the cross, through that self-giving love. And and so, like we said, there's so many different things we could Mm -hmm, talk about, but when we kind of are able to put it into two categories, then we can kind of cover everything right. he did right. in one of those two categories. Yeah. We hear a lot about kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it, you know, cause Matthew talks about it mm-hmm. a lot. So let's define that a little bit. Russell Moore defines it as God establishing his rule through humans being namely one Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what you can think about with kingdom. You hear it in the Lord's prayer, right? His kingdom come, his will mm-hmm. be done. But it's mm-hmm. like, okay, is, is he going to like build a castle on earth? What does that mean? <laughs> it's God reestablishing his rule through human beings, namely one Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Jesus, like, like she just said, like he is the kingdom and he's bringing the kingdom through himself. Right. Like Luke 17, 20 through 21, um, says being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst before you. And what he's saying is that like, he is the kingdom and he's there and they don't see it. Like they can't even see it, but he is the one who is bringing the kingdom. And ultimately, like Casey said, that word is used, I feel like a lot right now. And so it can be kind of confusing, but just remembering that anywhere Jesus is and any, anyone who is in Jesus is the kingdom and Mm -hmm. they're bringing like, like in the Lord's prayer, you say like your kingdom come. And so we get to be a part of the kingdom and we get to bring that here, here on earth, which is what we talked about on the prophets and kings episode about getting to be a part of God's story and getting to be a part of his plan and that's mm-hmm. just that's such a gift and mm-hmm. that's God's kindness that we get to be a part of bringing that kingdom mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is he says like the kingdom the time is here and the kingdom of God is at hand this is in Mark the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe the gospel and so that's kind of what we are response should be right if we're like hey the kingdom is here we see jesus mm-hmm. and this is all over the gospels you know this is what is said over and over again it's like, repent and believe repent and believe mm-hmm. and so for us mm-hmm. to just be in the kingdom is for us to live that out right and right. to encourage others to, to to live that out as well yep so um we also another thing we need to keep in mind is that this kingdom of God is this upside down kingdom, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. once again, we talk about that a lot on our Matthew series, and I feel like even a little bit in the James series. But um, it's just this idea of the first will be last, and the last will be first, mm-hmm. and um, the rich will be poor, and the poor will be rich. This mm-hmm. this Jesus brought this kingdom that people were not expecting. He yeah. didn't come in on. Um, big horses with a bunch of fanfare like he came in very humbly and lowly on a donkey born Mm -hmm. in a barn you know all of these things um so I think that's that's another um thing that's important to remember right and if you're if you're thinking like well what kind of things are in the kingdom what kind of things happen in the kingdom what what is the kingdom and and so that's kind of where the tie is to the gospels right like Mm -hmm. we see the kingdom by what Jesus did Mm -hmm. while he was here and we see that um there's a 
the kingdom is love, right? The kingdom is mm-hmm. healing. It's renewing people. It's mm-hmm. renewing the world. It's bringing redemption. Um, and it's, it's all done through, through, through Jesus, obviously, but it's also like, it's, it's a fulfillment of what people were longing mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's, that's, it, it's just helpful to think of the whole story of scripture because when we read, we may read the gospels and we may think, Oh, this is really cool that Jesus like healed these people and he loved the outcast and, and all those things. But when we remember Jesus is coming to fulfill and to redeem that this is the way he's doing it yeah. is through yeah. these things. These mm-hmm. aren't the, the purpose. The purpose is Jesus bringing the kingdom and, mm-hmm. and these things that he's doing are effects of mm-hmm. what the kingdom, the kingdom is. is. Yeah. Does that make yeah. Sense? yeah. 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 For sure. So let's talk a little bit about the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you said, the upside down kingdom, right? We would not think like a king in a cross would go right, together. Right, like a exactly. king in crucifixion. We, we would, we may even think like the cross seems like it's ending the kingdom. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. now the kingdom is killing done him because of the, because of the cross. Yeah. But actually the cross is, is the way that he brings mm-hmm. the kingdom right. is because the cross is what actually seals our redemption um, or, you know, purchases our redemption. Right. Right. And so, so therefore the kingdom is brought through a cross, which is very backwards to what people would have expected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People would have thought a king in a kingdom, maybe of a military sort or of a political sort, but instead it comes, it comes through a cross. And, and so there's this book, um, by John Stott, it's called the cross of Christ. It's a pretty big book, but, and it's a little bit scholarly, but he has some really, really good points in it. And one of the things he talks about um, referring to the cross is he says, what God in Christ has done through the cross is to rescue us, disclose himself and overcome evil. And so I think we, we don't, we maybe make that tie during Easter, like that he has conquered sin and death. Yeah. But I don't think we're constantly thinking of that when we think of the cross. I think we think very individual mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. think of the cross. Like my salvation. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but but it's a good reminder to us like that he has he has victory mm, over mm-hmm. sin and death mm-hmm. and evil yeah. and yes there's still remnants of that right now because we're in the already and the not, not yet, yet and we mm-hmm. still see some of that mm-hmm. but he already has victory over mm-hmm. it um in in, dar- in drama of scripture it, he says it's the cross in the cross that god delivers the death blow to human sin and rebellion and accomplishes the salvation of the world and so all throughout the old testament we were talking about how there's this rebellion and then there's coming back to god and then there's rebellion and then and it's never full like realized until and it's never fully accomplished until Jesus comes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and like it says he accomplishes the salvation Mm -hmm. of the world and so now it is possible to avoid that rebellion and we all have sin but in each situation we are able to resist sin because of Jesus and so our salvation um is made possible through the cross. And so that's, that's ultimately how the kingdom comes Yeah, is, is through the cross. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different parts to salvation, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, um, it's called soteriology. It's mm-hmm. the doctrine of salvation and mm-hmm. we don't have time to go into all of it today, but one of the parts is called substitutionary atonement. And first Peter two twenty four says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. And so, um, that's just, I think it's important to remember like 
what he was accomplishing on the cross, mm-hmm. right? Like Aaron said earlier, he had to be fully human and he also had to be divine to be our mm-hmm. substitute. Right. Um, and we saw back in the Old Testament, we saw shadows of this when um, like Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac and God provided the ram. That's mm-hmm. exactly what he's doing here. He's providing this um, sacrifice for, for our sins, mm-hmm. to pay for our sins. As we've talked about all of these things, like the kingdom and the cross, this is probably not where you thought this episode was really going to go. (laughs) Um, You probably thought we were going to talk more specifically about the the miracles miracles and those things. But like we said from the beginning, like we want this to to give you chances to filter your time in the word through the whole story of scripture and kind of give you lenses to look through. And so hopefully this is kind of a different... um, Shedding a different uh-huh. light on yeah. how to the to read through the Gospels. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the promises. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about the the New Covenant. So the New Covenant, like we said, we've said multiple times now, all these old covenants are very similar and they're all pointing to one thing and God promises that he mm-hmm. will, and like in the Abrahamic covenant, he will even all the way back to Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. he promised to send the seed. The seed yeah. um, and, and then through the Noahic covenant and through the, all, all of the covenant so far, he's been promising to this one promise that is Jesus. And like we just said, Jesus brings the kingdom through the cross and Jesus is the fulfillment of those promises. And so then, so then where are we left? Are we, is there no need for covenant? Do we, what is, what is happening now with the covenants? And so there's a new covenant. It's called, I think it's mostly referred to as a new covenant. Yeah. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. And that's from Hebrews 9, 15. Yes. Thank you. And so basically what we need to know for the basic of basis of this um, series is that there Jesus has fulfilled the covenants right. that God had made. He is the promised seed that He promised to um, Adam and Eve. He is the true, the true and better fulfillment of the law. Mm-hmm. He He's you know the one that He promised to Abraham that the whole world would be blessed through your family. Mm-hmm. That was about Jesus. That was about Jesus, the true and better King that He promised to David. That the King that would sit on the throne for eternity mm-hmm. that He promised to David is now fulfilled in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for us then? Like, what does that mean for us that there's a new covenant? So we're living in that time, right? We Mm -hmm. get to be the beneficiaries Mm -hmm. of this new covenant and we get to um, put our faith in Jesus and by God's grace, um, we have salvation Mm -hmm. and um, we get to be sanctified because of that. We get to live every single day becoming more and more like Jesus. Um, because of that, Reed wants to join in on this conversation about the Gospels. So in this section, in the Gospels, we see a lot of promises fulfilled. Like, mm-hmm. that's huge. We see these covenants fulfilled um, that we talked about so much in the Old Testament. But then we also see more promises being made or reiterated. Mm-hmm. We I feel like a broken record here, but we see again, I will be with you. I will be with you. Specifically, yeah. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we see that. We see that Jesus will return. Like, 
um, that's, that's a huge promise that we mm-hmm. see made in the gospels. Um, Matthew 24 talks about that. And then, um, again, salvation for those who believe. So talking about this new covenant, John six forty says, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So, um, that's, that's a huge promise. And I feel like that's the main promise mm. of, of the gospels is mm-hmm. that those who believe will be saved. Yeah. And, um, Courtney talks about this a lot. We talked to Courtney last week, but one of the things that she talks about a lot in her book is that hope. And Aaron talked about it a little bit earlier on this episode too, that like, God will be victorious. Mm-hmm. Like we have that to look forward to in the final day. Like this is not the end. Um, this already, but not yet. This mm-hmm. kind of like funk that we sometimes live in where it's like, well, like we know that um, Jesus came to save us and we know that eternity is waiting for us, but sometimes life is hard and we are still sinful people and it's just difficult, but we can live every single day knowing that those things will be defeated. Death will be defeated. Defeated. Mm-hmm. Evil will be defeated mm-hmm. by by God. And so mm-hmm. that's a huge promise that we have to look forward to. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it real fast, but the the promise that Jesus will return. I realized about a year ago that I had never like taught my kids that. Oh yeah, and then I Reed was like, not happy about that. <laughs> like, Why didn't you tell me that, Mom? Um, and I had realized that that that's a promise, and yeah. then that. Yeah. Um, Part of the new covenant, right, is that Jesus is promising that he will return mm-hmm. and make all things new. And yes. we'll talk about that when we get to our um, our episode on consummation or restoration Revelation. or whatever we want to yeah. call that. But the, the promise is that everything will be, like Casey's saying, everything, all sin will be gone. It will be. At that point. And yes. I'm excited to, to talk about that episode about Revelation because I've been doing a lot of studying about that. But I just, I think that's a good reminder for us that like you said, this is not the end. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are living in the fact that Jesus has has brought redemption, but we're not fully to consummation yet. Right, right. So why do you think it matters? Why does, why does all of this matter? Why does understanding the gospels in the light of the rest of the scripture matter? Yeah, so I think this matters because um, kind of like I referred to with our sanctification, like we have this picture of Jesus. Like we have Jesus to, to look at and he can be our example, Mm -hmm. um, to live every day. Like Aaron mentioned earlier about, um, the kingdom of God being love and compassion and mercy and all of these things. And we have this example in Jesus in how we, how we should live Mm -hmm. today. Um, we didn't have a ton of good examples in the old Testament. I mean, David was okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like Solomon was okay. Joseph was he was, he was good, but he wasn't Jesus. Yeah, now, right. yeah. like we have God incarnate, his son, the word made flesh. Like we have him to look at. And we'll get to talk about that more next week when we talk about the letters, right? Because that's basically the whole next section of scripture is Paul and other authors pointing us to Jesus and saying, hey, you, like like we talked about um the, was that the beginning of this episode or end of last episode where we're saying you're going to have to make a decision about who Jesus is. Oh yeah. That was this episode. This episode, Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. And if you make that decision that you trust in Jesus as your savior, Hey, here's how you're going to live. So right. like Casey's saying, we're going to get to talk about that even more next week. And I think another application from this um, section of scripture is um, if you're kind of a competitive type person, since we're saying this is the part we live where we're in the in already and the not yet, 
what what happens is God has already won. He already has mm-hmm. victory. We've said yeah. that multiple times. And it can feel like Casey said, like it can feel like, well, why is there still sin? Yes. Why is this still happening? Yes. And so I heard this um, analogy a long time ago, but I think it's helpful to understand. So during World War II, if you're a history person, you'll like this. If not, just bear with me. But during World War II, there was a point in the war where Hitler had realized they lost. They didn't have enough people. They didn't have enough supplies. He knew that they had lost. But then he decided we're going to go to battle with everything we have, mm-hmm. because if we're going to lose, we're going to at least do as much damage as we can. And so I think the enemy often works like that. He knows he lost. Mm, the yeah. enemy knows he's been defeated, but he's like, until that consummation happens, I'm going to fight with everything I have. Mm. And so it's a, it's a reminder to us that we're living in this already and not yet. And so the enemy is still at work trying to do as much damage as he can yeah. until everything is consummated. And so that kind of puts a little fire under your butt, if you will, to be like, no, I'm going to advance the kingdom. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I'm going to advance the kingdom the way Jesus did mm-hmm. by self denying and by love and sacrificial love. And I'm going to do everything I can to advance that kingdom, be a part of God's story, his redemptive story, play my role in mm-hmm. that until Jesus returns again. And knowing that Satan does not have the final say exactly in your face satan boom (laughs) boom okay so next week we're going to talk about acts the early church the epistles probably one of my favorite Mm -hmm. sections Mm -hmm. of scripture so i'm super excited about it so come back next week if you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.